Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Good to see you this morning. Uh, I am Pastor Eugene and my lovely wife, Heidi. For How many girls know Heidi? You've met Heidi. Maybe did a Bible study. She sends her love today. She said, make sure, tell Lafayette that I love them. And so if, if maybe you're here, how many of this is the first time you've ever been in a, 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 a service with me? Like this first time, like you don't know me, I don't know you. Well, good. I just want to meet every one of you afterwards. Uh, I've been on the team for 21 years, uh, so uh, my wife Heidi and I are the longest standing staff members uh, of our Savior's Church, so if you want to call that the number two, I'd like to call it just riding shotgun with Pastor Jacob and Michelle all these years, and they are, yeah, it's been fun, and uh, they're, they're our heroes and been coaches and mentors and pastors to Heidi and I, and uh, Heidi's not here, so I can tell all kinds of great stories about her. How many of you promised not to tell her? No, I'm waiting till everybody raises their hand, because I've got a few. Okay, never mind. Okay. And uh, so uh, we're, we're so honored to be here. I want to I say we, we lead the Opelousas campus, and that's our, our privilege and joy. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of Opelousas uh, to you uh, how many of you have been to the facility up there? You've actually gone to the campus before. We actually built our most expensive uh, project in Opelousas in one of the poorest parishes, St. Landry Parish in, in South Louisiana. And I just want to say this. This is a fact. This is not hyperbole. I'm not blowing smoke. We could not have done that without the Lafayette campus and the generosity of the very people sitting in this very room. So I want to tell you on the, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your sacrifices and giving. You're actually, re, you're going to reap what you've sown because it's happening in Opelousas, Louisiana. And I just wanted to tell you, thank you. Could you give God all the praise, glory, and honor? Thank you. No, I'm serious. Please come one Sunday, just slip out, get permission from Pastor Joseph or Pastor Chris. Go one service, because I want you to see rich, poor, black, white, all, all walks of life in one room. It's a vision that I've had since I was a young man of seeing that happen. And I get to see it every single Sunday. It's actually a miracle. And so I, I and, and by the way, I didn't tell the other campuses, the, the other services this, because of the time, that clock, I hate that thing. So y'all get a few extra. I, I just left a, a meeting where the pastors of our community and region are now starting to work together and walk together. And, and, and it was really cool. I went to a meeting the other day and I'm the only white pastor there. That's cool. Come on, somebody. It's like, no, no, no. We're tearing down walls. And listen, if we can't get together on Sunday, baby, we ain't getting together on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so we're watching it, that very thing happen. And so I, I just want to tell you, thank you uh, to you. you. You've been nothing but a blessing to us. And I hope one day when we grow up, we'll be able to pay you back. And so thank you again, Lafayette Campus, Pastor Jacob, Michelle, this staff, this team. Uh, I want to I share a word with you. I believe it's a word from the Lord. I hope just to challenge you a little bit. Um, uh, I heard that lineup. That's Pastor Jim Pastor Obed, and now Pastor Eugene. And uh, I, I hope this is true, because that's intimidating. But Jesus usually saves the best wine for last. <laughs> Can I say that? Is that bad? I love those men. I've listened to those messages. Phenomenal. I won't come near that. But uh, I, I do want to share something that's on my heart. Uh, and if I could just keep it kind of raw and real, is that okay? Instead of polished and professional. Just kind of raw and real. Uh, I am concerned about our nation. Uh, I know that you are too. You're seeing a lot of things happen out of there. You're, you're seeing people uh, beginning to, I call it self-identify. Uh, you, you can see that in gender. You can see that in sexuality. You can also see it in political. You can also see it in Christianity. People are self-identifying. It, it even happens in Christianity. 
It happens, I've worked with young staff that are coming up and they would say things like this, well, I'm called to be. And they would fill in the blank of something that I cannot find in scripture. I'm called to be, whatever. And now, so you you start, everybody's beginning to self-identify. I want to make sure that we understand as believers and followers of Jesus that we are not the creator, that we are the created. You do understand that, right? That you're, you're here because God wanted you here. You're born at this time because he wanted you born at this time. In fact, the scripture says before the foundations of the world, before heaven and earth were created, he already had you in mind. He already knew you. Knew you. What does that mean? No, to, to know you, your weaknesses, your strengths. He already knew you. And then he said he knit you together in the womb of your mother. And he ordained all the days of your life before any of them even came to be. That means he's ordained every single day of your life, which means that he knew before the foundations of the world that you'd be sitting right here today and that I would be here today. Maybe he sent me here today and I'm praying he uses me as a vessel that you might hear something not from me, but from him. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Okay. Can we set a couple of ground rules real quick? I preach in Appaloosas. They talk back at me during the service. The more they talk back, the better I preach and the faster I preach. How many of you are hungry? (laughs) Oh, now you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Like, amen, brother. It's tight, but it's right. Oh, you ought to hear the things I've heard while preaching. Somebody, one of the ladies the other day said, come on, pastor, tell it. And I said, I'm trying. So I, I want to I, I help you. When you, start, when you start creating, recreating who you are, the next step is to create God in your own mind. In order for me to construct my identity, means I have to deconstruct who God is. And we're watching that happen in our very nation right now. In order to self-identify, we have to get rid of God to do it. And so when I, when I saw this troubling, and I just went back, it was like we, we met with our staff in Opelousas going, well, we, we, need to, what, we need to say something. And then, and then it hit me. You know what, that most of it, and just watching uh, in fact, let me, let me show you this. Uh, here was the key scripture that was found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Listen, O Lafayette. Listen, O Lafayette. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Jesus will also testify that in the New Testament. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving to you today. And then he goes on, and if it's in yellow, read it with me. Repeat them again and again to your, to your children. In other words, I want you to teach your children the commands of God. Let me rephrase it. I want to make sure you always tell them the story of God's hand in your life. Last service. I'm sitting up here talking to a couple, and the father comes up and says, Should I open up to my children about my testimony of my past? You already knew the answer to that, didn't you? Yes, you should. You shouldn't go through the gory details of it. But you should let them know of the redeeming power of God in your life. I learned this from Pastor Jacob. I don't know where Pastor Joseph is. I learned this from Pastor Jacob. And every, every Christmas we do the same thing. We bring our children together around the Christmas tree. And we go back through the old stories of how Jesus saved their daddy. How Jesus saved their mama. How he brought us together. And how God's hand has been upon our family's life. Because their history is going to be where your children find their identity not them recreating it themselves in the future. Yeah, we told our kids a lie. We lied. You lied to your kids. You told them they could be whatever they wanted to be. That's not true. My parents told me that too. They lied to me. They said you can be whatever you want to be. 
And I said, I want to be an NBA basketball player. <laughs> how many of you know that ain't happening? I don't care how long I practice. I'm five foot eight and I can't jump. So I'm a preacher. <laughs> are you tracking with me? Who you are, your identity is found in your story. It's in your history. And so I want to take, I took our church back. I said, look, we're going to just take the big rocks of the Bible, the Old Testament stories. Because I would, I would counsel someone and I'd say, you know, just like Moses did when he led Egypt out of Israel, that story. And people would say, I don't know that story. Or I'm ministering to another man. I said, like Abraham, when he was told, he believed God, you know, the Bible, Abraham. And he said, I don't know Abraham. Now we're leading a generation of people that are coming to be, that have no post-Christianity, do not know the foundational stories. That's why God is saying to us, parents, you have a responsibility. Look at me, parents. You have a responsibility to teach your children the stories, the history, the Bible stories of God because their identity is not what they're going to create. It's discovered in their past. No, no, that's so good. You should be shouting me down right now. A couple of people should start running around the church shouting hallelujah. No, don't do it. I see that brother right there. So we went back to the beginning, and I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 1 and the beginning. I just want to remind you of who God is. I, I, I want to go back to the king of stories. The king, it's the creation story. Because if you have a, if you got a tough time with Genesis 1, and I love God that he would do this, he doesn't give us little stories like, like you know, Peter walked on water. Or, or someone got healed of a sickness. Or, or, or maybe he took five loaves and some, and some fishes. And he fed a bunch of people. He didn't, he didn't take us down to the ones that you kind of go, uh, those are tough to believe. No, no. He takes you down to the biggest one first. He said, if you got a trouble with this one, you're really going to have a trouble with the parting of the Red Sea. If you can't believe Genesis 1 and 1, but one chapter, or chapter 1, you're going to have a very difficult time with resurrection from the dead. And he goes back to creation. And I love what he says. Let's go, to the, let's go there. Remember, if it's in yellow, you read it with me. Ready? In the beginning, God created. That means there was a beginning. That means there was nothing. And then there was a beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was Formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. This is important. So the earth was formless. What does formless mean? It was, it was formless. You go, well, it means, it means without form. Yeah, there are times that we are formless, and I would translate it this way for you. I would say there are times when, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? What is my assignment? Why did God create me? Why am I here? Again, it's not for us to create. It's for us to discover from the creator why he created. We sang this song today. I'm not sure we really believe it. What's that song? I'm available. I'm available. You can have my heart Basically saying, whatever you want, God, I'll do it. Do you really believe that? Well, it depends on what it is. Oh, so there's a caveat. That's, this is not even my message, but it is my message. There's a caveat. You can have my heart. Really? I, I'm available. Are you? Well, as long as it doesn't interfere. I, I, told, I told our campus two weeks ago, every miracle comes disguised as an inconvenience. Fuzzed up, Lucy's, they'd have shouted on that one. Anyway, anyway, anyway. 
Watch this. Empty, huh? empty, emptiness. What does that mean? Empty, empty means empty. When you're empty, it just simply means there is nothing that will satisfy you. So, so you'll start exchanging things because you're looking for you're looking for love, but you'll exchange it for sex. When you're looking for peace, but instead of finding the prince of peace, you'll find it in a bottle or a pill. Or a toke. Do we even say that anymore? Toke. How many of you say toke right there? That's token. Token. Some, how many have no, have no idea what I'm saying? Because I am so cool. You don't even know how cool I am. I'm talk, it's coming back around. I'm dripping up here and you didn't even know it. Is that, did I say it right? Dripping? Is that, is that cool? I don't know. I'm 57. Yesterday was my birthday. 57. Let me tell you something. When they start saying, you look good for your age, you're old. It's classified now. Oh, for a man your age. Oh, don't say that to me or I'll kick you out of this church in Jesus' name. Watch this. Okay. I'm not going to read it all, but you just got to track with me. Stay with me in the back. Stay with me. Stay with me. I just want you to see this pattern. I want you to see this about God, the creator. In the beginning, there was nothing. Just formless, empty, and dark. Dark, fear, anxiety, anxiousness, darkness. Then God said, let there be light, and there was, and God saw that it was good. I'm going to go down to verse 6. Then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate uh, the waters from the heavens and waters on the earth. And this, say with me, and this is what happened. And God made that space. And then it goes down to verse 9. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. Verse 11, then God said, let land sprout, vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that's what, what happened was, that's what happened. Watch this. Verse 14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate day from night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. Are y'all picking up any trends here? The creator of heaven and earth. 20. Then God said, let water swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and swarms of the water, blah, 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 blah. And it was good. Verse 24, then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, animals, scurrying on the ground, and wild animals. And, and that's, you guys are so good. Are y'all picking up what he's laying down? He's going to go on. He's going to create man and woman. He's going to create them. I don't have time to unpack all this. I'll just tell you this, that he creates man. He brings him out of the dirt, and he creates a, a dirt man. That's why men don't mind getting dirty. We're created from the dirt. It's our natural habitat. It's our environment. We like it. That's why you have to remind us to shower we don't smell it. You smell it. We don't smell it. We're used of it. Oh, quit acting all holy up in here. And he forms man. Everybody say form. He forms man and then he breathes into man and man becomes Adam. He becomes a human being. That's not what he does with woman. I don't have time. This is a whole nother message, by the way. Just invite me back. I'll preach it then. But he forms man, but that's not what he does with Eve. He fashions Eve. Form, fashion. What's the difference between forming? Come on, you know forming. He's head, leg. He's forming. 
fashion? <clears throat> he takes his time with woman. Woman is the, king, the, the, the queen, if you will. She is the, she's the top of all creation. She's the top. She's like, God's like, no, no, I'm not going to form that. I'm going to take my time with woman. Come on, man. You know what I'm talking about. They complicated. <laughs> Men are like, what? You want me to do what? And then you're going to feed me? Yeah, I'll do it. We, we, we ain't that complicated. Women? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. It's so hot in here. You know, no, we can't do that because there's so many things we all see to do. I'm going, baby, I, I've got a list. She has a list. She has a list that has lists. It's complicated. And he creates her. And watch what he goes on to say. But God bless them. And then it goes on, and he says in verse 30, and I've given every green plant food, all the wild animals, the birds of the sky, and small animals growing ground, everything that has life and that is what I want you, I want you to see this. There, there is a Latin term that we use in Genesis 1. It's called ex nihilo. What does that mean? It means out of nothing. That God does this creation out of nothing. That's not what happens at manual builders. Y'all need something to create something. In order to create a home, you got to order all the supplies and then you can create something if you have something. God doesn't need anything to create something. He can do it out of nothing. In fact, he does it with his word. He doesn't even have to move his hands. He simply does it with his words. He says it, and then it happens. No, no, you need to, you need to pick up what I'm laying down. A while ago, Joseph gets up and gives this little testimony. I appreciate Joseph doing that. I didn't know he was going to do that, but he did it. Because he was saying, what was Joseph saying a while ago? I was 24 years old. Let me tell you what he was saying. I was formless. I had no form. I didn't know what I was created to do. I was empty. So he was trying to fill it up with everything else. I'm in darkness. Pastor Eugene came by, just a vessel. Wasn't my words. It was the word of the Lord. Just a vessel. And I spoke the word over him that gave form to him. You're a man of God. God's going. No, don't clap yet. I'll tell you when. No, no. Joseph, God's hands on your life, son. You're anointed by the Lord. Forming it. Right? Forming it. You were created. Simply speaking God's word over him. And then the Holy Spirit came and feels. Because the Holy Spirit's hovering over I know you may be sitting in the room and you think God is far from you because you're formless, you're empty, dark. All three are one of three or two of three. I'm telling you, he's really near. No, no, he's near. This is, these are the moments where he shines the brightest. All I did was give the light and the light separated darkness. Amen, sister. Finally. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Was it me? Do, do y'all see what? Do you see the pattern? Do you see the pattern? Formless, empty, darkness. But then God speaks and something happens out of nothing. Or, or, or if you would, God creates the form. And then he feels it. Form and feels. I'm just going to go by the Holy Spirit today. Is that okay? I want you to even think back maybe to Pastor Jim's word just a few weeks ago where he talked about revival. We're at that stage now, church. I've been doing this for 35 years. Pastor Jacob's been doing it for at least 45 years. That's, that's 80 years right there. 
We, we, we will tell you, this is one of those moments where you go, you, you ain't going to teach your way out of this one. We're going to have to have a supernatural visitation of God. We're, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, I've heard, I've listened to Pastor Jacob's sermons. He, he, you hear it in his sermons going, and, and we have a responsibility too as a believer. And Pastor Jim was talking, and I don't know if he said it to y'all or he said it to his pastors, us pastors going, hey, you got to create some cisterns. You know what a cistern is? A cistern. That's not your female believer. That's my cistern. <laughs> a cistern would be what we would call maybe a well. Uh, but in the Middle East, it's not, like, it's not like you would think of Jack and Jill went up the hill, hill to fetch a pill of water. A cistern in, in the Middle East is just uh, maybe the size of the stage. It's just a, a shallow, almost like a pool built so when the rains do come, that the cistern will fill up so you'll have something to drink for your journey or for the summer. You'll have water that you need. And say, so you got to start thinking, dig cisterns. Well, what does that mean? It, it means probably that we're all going to have to do something that we don't normally do. Now, you're not gonna, to receive something we've never received. I'm going to have to do something that I haven't done before to receive something of God I've never received before. Are, are y'all tracking with me? Because this side's getting it. Because this side over here is a little slower than that side. <laughs> are, are y'all receiving? Yeah. That maybe I'd have to do something. So, so maybe... Maybe you've been, and I prayed with a couple earlier. Earlier, it's like, we, we need help in our marriage. Okay, you need help in your marriage. Well, how long have you been coming to the church? Well, I've been coming for three years. Has that helped? Yes. Who are you connected with? No one. Are you in a small group? No. Have y'all received any counseling? No. We've just been coming to church. Man, I wish just coming to church would resolve everything in my life. If just coming to church, I'm the Pope. I don't know. Is that disrespectful? I didn't mean to say that. Take that, rewind the tape and take that out. I don't want, no, are you, are you tracking with me? Wait, wait, wait. It doesn't matter where you are. He's going, no, no, what's, what's that? Digging something. Let me, let me just share something with you. Share something with you. The Holy Spirit's really convicted me of. I'm a pastor. I read the word. I'm supposed to read the word. Right? Because I'm supposed to deliver a word to you. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm in, in the word. I go, and, and I say just like you say. You know what? I really need to spend more time in the Word. How many of you have ever said that? I need to spend more time in the Word. So I, I'm telling the Lord, Lord, I, I really need to spend more time in your Word. And he said, Holy Spirit, no, you need to spend more time in worship. No, no, clap. That's the worship people. Oh, yeah, I love worship. That's my favorite part. Now, now listen. What, 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 what is God saying? You need to spend more time in worship. What is worship? God speaks to me through his word. What is worship? Worship is where... I come to him to remind him of all that he's done for me. Okay, look at me. He's quite aware of what he's done. I need to remind me of what he's done for me. Now you can clap. So when I come 
to worship when I come to say, Lord, thank you for all that you've done for me. Lord, thank you. And go down my list of giving him the glory and the honor that he deserves. It's amazing now when I go to my word how much more powerful it is when it hits my heart. The scripture says that worship really comes from the tribe of Judah, which means praise and plow, which means it plows out the ground of my heart so that word can fall in on fertile soil and begin to produce in my life. Are you tracking with me? And I know we we got word people and we got worship people. Worship people need to get in the word. Word people need to learn how to worship because you need both of them. Because you can be word all day long without worship. That means if the ground isn't plowed, then the seed just falls and you can learn so much. Oh, I learned so much about the word. You just learn more ways to be disobedient. Amen, white boy. (laughs) Mm. He doesn't need anything to create something. He just needs to say something. Maybe you just need to hear him say something. God, would you just say something? One word from God changes. You could have walked in today fearful, anxious, oh my gosh, and God speak to you by his Holy Spirit into that darkness and everything becomes light. Everything changes in a moment. One word from God. Listen. This is your story. We're connected all the way back to the Garden of Eden. It is our history. It's where we come from. I I think it was probably an angel. David wrote it in Psalms, but it was probably an angel watching creation. Let there be light. Angel just. Let there be stars. The scripture says he knows every single one of them by name. Did did you know that they, they, they say, scientists tell us, that the galaxies are still expanding? Still, to this day. I think I know why. Because when God said, let there be light, sound is still reverberating throughout eternity. And where the end of the galaxy is hearing his voice, it's still expanding. What a God. You need to know that nothing's impossible for him. So when you bring your little, when we bring, and I do too, I bring my petitions before the Lord. Lord, I need some money. And if you got it, just see me after church. No, I'm teasing. No, I, 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 need, I need favor. I need this. And you go, wait a minute. I serve the God who can just say it and speak it. And it just happens. He can even just speak it. He just says it. And it's done. In awe of who God is. Help me, Lord. Help me, Nick or Cat, whoever comes out of that back. That means I'm wrapping up. Don't get your purse yet, it'll take me a minute. So we're, we're. watching we live in a world that's polarized labeled everybody's got a label everything's polarized social media ain't helping us out much I'm I'm a little with Ed Stetzer on this one when he talks about social media. I'm not on social media. I'm not on it because I'm against it. I just want y'all to know that. If you're on it, that's cool. You're cool. I'm not on it for my own well-being. That my well-being was more important than being on it. Thank you, my brother. 
And I'm not missing out on anything. And I don't care if you checked into McDonald's. And I don't care what you're eating either. Are you with me? It's like, oh, Thelma just checked into social. She's eating chicken and waffles. Don't care. Ed Stetzer said this about social media, and it's probably going to be true. It's the lead pipes. It's our lead pipes. You know, the Roman Empire, they're the creator of getting water into your house so that you could have a toilet. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Getting running water. But in order to get the running water, they had to bend pipes, and the only thing they could find to bend pipes was lead. What they later realized, that they didn't realize that the good of getting a toilet in your house and running water was actually killing you. And he said, I think social media is going to be the lead pipes of our day that's actually going to kill us. It's so good. I can find out what everybody's doing at the same time. I don't even know that we were created to even assimilate so much information. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Don't walk out of here going to pass your jeans and into thin. I did not say that. You're going to hell, but I didn't say you was a sin. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So we're, we're, we're on a search, right? Me and, me and Heidi. Polarization. Where are we from? Heidi. Y'all, y'all know Heidi, my wife? If you've never seen Heidi, she's got this. It's big. No, not her head. Her hair. It's big. It, it's thick. It's curly. It's... it's I, and we've often said this about her. We go, Heidi, I got to ask her. She's from, she's from Graham, Texas. And I said, baby, where, I know, but where are you really from? She goes, what do you mean? I go, that is from somewhere. There's an ancestry somewhere that came from. We had a little, little African-American girl about 10 years old sitting next to Heidi at church one Sunday. And she just kept looking at her, looking at her hair. And she kept playing with it and pulling on it just putting her head and it's thick it's thick and uh, she just keeps doing that and finally the little girl just looks up at her and goes what is you (laughs) what is you We, we don't know we don't know we had a missionary friend years years ago emailed her from the republic of georgia not georgia southeast conference georgia like over there middle east or east uh european Eastern Europe I found your people there are people here who have hair like this we knew it was from somewhere you know you, you follow your, you've done your ancestry where you follow it back and you can only follow it back so far why wouldn't I see your, 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 who you are is to be discovered in your history not created by you for your future. It's in your history. So I'm taking you back to the beginning. Did you know, and I'm, I'm so smart. I did a bunch of research on this, which means I Googled it. And I found out that your DNA and my DNA, our genome structure, is 99.9% identical. And yet the world is going to try to put us in tribes to separate us. Isn't that crazy? 99.9. So I called Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott, because he's the smartest one out of all the pastors. He's the smartest. I'm the best looking. Somebody's got to be one or the other. And and I, I said, hey, hey, Doc, can you believe this? And of course, he's smarter than me. And he goes, well... Pastor Eugene, that, there's been some updated scientific discovery on that. Oh, sure there is. I thought I had something on him, right? Hey, did you know? 
He's like, no, no, that's not, that's not true anymore. The scientific world has been turned upside down by these two doctors out of Sweden. I said, really? What did they find? That 99.9 is not accurate. Really? He goes, yes, those who believe 99.9 say that we were actually from about 200 people that were in Africa. Okay. Well, what did these new guys find out? Well, all the scientific world is running to their side. What are they saying? That we're actually 99.96 the same. And that we don't come from 200 people. That we actually come from a pair. Science is now starting to catch up to God. Isn't that crazy? So I, I, got on the, I got on the Google and I found these two docs and I read the news report of their discovery. And it's true. 99.96. We are identical. You go, what about that point zero four? What a God. He left a little bit of spice. Or we wouldn't have Zydeco. Could you imagine if we didn't have Zydeco? Have you ever heard Zydeco? Everybody likes Zydeco. I went into Gobert's the other day. That's that's up at my house. And they play Zydeco. I was on a Sunday morning. I didn't even feel like preaching. And I stopped by to get a coffee. And Zydeco was playing. I was like, I can't wait to get to the church. I, I, I don't even know what they were saying. I just said they were going, New Orleans. Appaloosas. Lafayette. Karen Crow. And, and you just walk out and you go, thank God for the point zero four, or we would never have Zydeco. Come on, somebody give God praise for Zydeco. I, I, broke, I, I was in the inner city of Houston. Y'all got, y'all got time. Don't leave. I was in the inner city of Houston. Man, we listened. I heard more rap music than I ever heard in my life. Man, just that was, that was the, for the kids. That was their thing. And I come to Opelousas, and it's an inner city urban environment. And I pull up, and there's a young guy beside me. Got a seat way laid back, way up here. And he's not playing rap music. He plans how to go. And I'm over there going, hey, brother, come on, man. Turn it up. Turn it up. New Orleans. Opelousas. Could you imagine if we were all the same? But the enemy wants to take the part that's different to divide us. You know what this means? Look to that person beside you that you do not know. Look at him. That's your cousin. (laughs) Just go ahead and say, what's up, cuz? That is your cousin. Come on, y'all. What a God. What a God. What a God. Look at me. What we got to do, Pastor You? We better start digging some cisterns. The world's waiting for that message. Get ready. A move of God is our only hope. I can't preach that good. I'm not that good. His presence is going to have to come. And I love the scripture. Pastor Jacob says it's my favorite scripture because I quote it all the time. I don't know if it is or not, but it's one of my favorites probably. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of God of the Lord in Psalms 16 and 11 you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures 
Oh, we could look at the New Testament. You can see Martha busy about the kingdom's work. And you can see Jesus with Mary sitting at his feet. And he's saying, Martha, at this time she chose the right thing just to be in my presence. What does that mean, Pastor Eugene? Oh, Monday morning, you're going to get in that car. You're going to do the same thing you always do because you always do the same thing. You sit in the same spots on Sunday. You do it. You're creatures that have it. You're going to turn on ESPN radio. Maybe you ought to turn it off and say, I'm going to do something different that I've never done before. I'm going to put in my worship and I'm going to just go to, I'm going to drive down the road and give God all the praise and thanks for everything he's ever done in my life. He's redeemed me. He set me apart. He's forgiven every sin I've ever committed. Thank you, Jesus. My family's together. We're in church and we're serving you. And I'm going to, I'm just going to change because I, I want, I want the presence. I need the presence of God because in the presence is joy. In the presence is life forevermore. In the, are y'all picking up what I'm, I'm laying down? Okay, I promise I'm closing. Every head bowed, every head closed. Pastor Cleddy Key told me this the other day. Worshippers will never lack revelation. A worshiper will never lack revelation. A worshiper will never lack revelation. Lord, I need a word. Then you need to worship. Lord, I need a word. Then you need to worship. Lord, I need you to say something. Because if you say something, then something happens. seconds. Let's just worship. We worship you, Lord. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. You're the only one who deserves it. Thank you that you would send your only son to redeem us and save us of every sin. And that, Father, you would give us the righteousness of Christ. Thank you for Hillary, Hannah, William. Thank you for my children that they're serving you. Thank you for Heidi, a woman that's been faithful not only to you, but she's been faithful to me. I give you all the praise, glory, and honor. It's all you. Thank you, Father, for an incredible church and family, a spiritual family that, Father, has been blessed by you. There's no other explanation because Pastor Jacob and I are not this smart. It's because of you and the leading of your Holy Spirit. So I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. Thank you, Father, that we're healthy, whole. Would you join me? Thank you, Father, that you before the foundations of the earth, you knew me. You sent every one of them. And though I was formless, you came and you speak a word over my life and you formed and then you filled it with your presence, your Holy Spirit. You gave revelation. And Father, you've laid it out before us. So today we stand before you to give you praise, glory, and honor because there's nobody like you. Thank you, Father. I've searched over and over. I've tried to fill my life up with everything and all of it was empty until I found you. Father, you satisfy all of my needs and all of my desires. So, Lord, I thank you and I give you praise, glory, and honor. I honor you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you've done. I give you praise. I worship you. And so, Lord, I do. I give you my heart. I give you all of it because you've been faithful and true all along the way. Every time I've needed something, Father, you were never early. You were right on time. So I want to say thank you. And so, Lord, I do give you my heart because you got a track record. You've never been defeated. So I'm willing to give you my future. And, Lord, I'm yours. I'll do whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go. Say whatever you want me to say. I belong to you. It's not me. It's you. So I give you the praise, glory, and the honor. Father, I'm asking that you would give us wisdom and revelation for the very season of which we're in. Darkness is trying to cover the earth. Would you distinguish between your people? Lord, would we distinguish by how much we worship you? We worship you receive your word today. We thank you for it. We give you all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eye closed, because you may be sitting in this room right now. Christians, would you pray? Formless, empty, and dark. Formless, empty,
have a word for you. He loves you and he will reform you. Nicodemus asked, what do I got to do to receive eternal life? And Jesus would say, you have to be born again. You have to be formed. And he'll breathe his life on you. He'll save you from all of your sins and forgive you. He's not mad at you. He's not. He's not. He's not. He'll forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. You need to repent of your sin, feeling the conviction of the Lord. Even now, you know it's not right. And you've got to repent. And when you repent and then ask him to be the Lord of your life, to feel you form and feel. If that's you today, I want to lead you in this prayer. If you're ready to be born again, to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to repent of your sins, to be reformed, reborn, and he'll fill you. I want to pray with you. It's, it's easy as ABC. A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. He died on a cross to pay our sin penalty, our debt. And C, confess him as Lord. Make him the boss. Get off the throne. Let him be on the throne. Let him be the one who calls the shots. And if you're ready, I want to pray with you. That's you, and you're ready today. Would you just lift your hand up high all over the room? Say, I'm ready. Today's my day. I want to be born again. Hold it up high right now. Don't be ashamed. Hold it up high. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See your hands. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Let's pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on this earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin to be born again. And let's declare this together. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my Helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen.